Well, now the favorite time of the children as they get to leave the sanctuary <laughs> and go to be with Miss Michelle or Mary. Well, good morning again. God bless you. Um, I just feel that let's give the Holy Spirit his way. I feel that. Let's pray again. Father, we've sung praises, we've prayed. Lord, we want to hear from you now. So Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would get me out of the way. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, fill us, fill us. Holy Spirit, let, let me receive only that which you want them to receive. Holy Spirit, only let be said what it is, your heart, your mind, and give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive your truth. Lord, change us. Lord, Lord, change us. Change us. Let the power of your word and the power of your spirit make us different. Let us leave here with a fresh anointing, with fresh oil. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. We're going to begin right away in Romans. In Romans chapter 14, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now you could tell by, you know, when you read your Bible, it's not going to be highlighted. There won't be the emphasis like that. So don't be disappointed. Yeah, Mike just closed his Bible. He's done with it. No, but don't be disappointed. But so you could tell by that where we're going today, where I think the Holy Spirit is leading. Peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Peace and joy. I'm going to just uh, give us a little, set us up a little bit, give us some foundation over it. Now, just you could turn there if you'd like to, or just listen and go and check me out later. But in Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 16, I'll only read a few verses. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, we've studied this together even recently, talking about walking in the Spirit and, and the fruit of the Spirit, so on and so forth. My brothers and sisters, being in the Spirit is, is just as we look at... The, if Tony, would you please put that Scripture back up there till the next one is ready? Thank you so much. I want you know, the emphasis being on peace and joy, righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Those things cannot be achieved. You have to be in the Holy Spirit in order for those things to be realized in your life. Amen? Okay, so now this next scripture we're going to go to is Romans 8, beginning in the second part of verse 3. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. See, isn't it something? The Holy Spirit is saying that specifically, at least in two places, but we know more because we have other scriptures that we study together, and you studied on your own, obviously. But listen to what the Holy Spirit is teaching us, what God is teaching us. He's saying that we have to, we must walk, live our lives in the Spirit in order for the righteousness of the law to be fulfilled. Jesus has already fulfilled the righteous requirements of the law. We can only achieve that. We can only have that, that kind of... Uh, we can only enjoy that righteousness when we're walking in the Spirit, according to Tony. No, according to the Word. We just read it in at least two places. Amen? Amen. 
So now the first key, if we go back, Tony, I'm going to jump you through a few hoops today. Could you please go back to that first scripture? While he's doing it, the kingdom of God is not eating, drinking, but righteousness. Righteousness. Remember, my brothers and sisters, God, our God, is righteous. He's holy. He has a righteous requirement. There is a law. See, listen, has, has gravity stopped? Has gravity discontinued on this earth? No. I mean, there's, there's the, the... Man, I want to tell you, when we were uh, up in, in, in visiting, and I shared a little bit on Wednesday with some of the folks, man, it was just amazing. I had never seen Niagara Falls. And it was just amazing into the power of that water ripping down the falls and all that. And, you know, uh, I, I was blessed. Uh, Michelle and I, I mean, we look at these things in, in wonder and awe of God. We, we look at it from the perspective of being born-again Christians. And so when we look at this stuff, we, man, God is awesome. If that powerful water falling off that fall is, and it's cutting the rock and it's, it, man, and it's just so powerful. And no, you know what? Man will have to go through great feats in order to stop that. And even when he tries to stop it, eventually it won't be stopped. But my brothers and sisters, we look at that in awe. And in fact, uh, on our last day when we were you know, traveling back to, to, to fly to the airport, there, was, there happened to be, and I shared this with the group on Wednesday, there happened to be a Hasidic Jew. And you know, we were talking a little bit, but he said something and he opened the door for me and I, tried to, I was praying God would allow me to witness Jesus to him. But he said something, didn't, didn't our God uh, create some beautiful things because he had seen one of the sites that Michelle and I had seen, Osable uh, Chasm in uh, eastern New York. It was awesome. It was, it was just re ridiculously beautiful, but at the same time, when you see that, you see the awesome power of God because that didn't just, God didn't speak that into existence. He spoke in the beginning. This is how it's going to be, and it's been going ever since. And so, you know, whether that thing was cut by a, a glacier or whether that, these, these chasms and these things were cut by mighty floods of water, it doesn't matter. The creator behind that is more powerful than the power that has cut those glaciers, that has cut those chasms and cut those gorges and cut those, those canyons. The power that created that is much greater. But I'm looking at that in awe. And that gentleman said the same thing. Didn't our God just create a beautiful thing? Absolutely he did. But just like he created the beautiful things, because someone would try to say, well, that just happened. You know, there's such a thing as gravity and the force of gravity, and that's what cut this, and that's what did that. Yeah, but why is gravity part of where we live? No, you have the, you know, you have the polarization. You have the North Pole, the South Pole. You have, you know, you you have you know, a compass. Why does a compass always point north? The polars, right? The poles. So, so yeah, but see, that's why you can. But who made it that way? Why is it that way? God made it that way. God created the physical realm with physical laws. But my brothers and sisters, He also has a spiritual law. And he tried to show us that through the Old Testament, you know, what it is to be righteous and holy and to show us our own failure in those areas. But then he created a way for us to achieve that righteousness, to achieve, to be, to have that, 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 that accusation. No, more than an accusation. We were sure enough guilty. And he had that sentence of death wiped away. In Christ Jesus. He's awesome. He's marvelous. 
He doesn't change. He's powerful. But he fulfilled his own righteousness that we may be made righteous in him. Isn't that awesome? So my brothers and sisters, back there, we don't need to look at it again, but I'm going to read. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, which only can be achieved in Christ, living by the Holy Spirit, and peace and joy comes also. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. We're at, you know, but the fruit, and remember when we studied this together, the fruit or evidence of the Spirit, the evidence that the Spirit of God is inside of you is going to be love. What's, what, say that with me. Love what? Joy and peace. Joy and peace. Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. So my brothers and sisters, in order for us to experience, up, up here, in order for us to experience this joy and this peace, it, oh, it goes hand in hand with the same thing that our righteousness, the only way we can achieve righteousness, and that is being in the Holy Spirit, walking and living according to what we know spiritually. Amen? And that spirit that's inside of us. Galatians 5.25, we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. It is the spirit that gives us life. Remember John 6, I believe it's 63, but if I'm Messed it up, forgive me, but it's in chapter 6. Jesus, Jesus said, my words are spirit and they're life. We have life because of the spirit of God, the word of God, and the spirit of God has given us life. So now if we have this life by the spirit, so then we ought to live by the spirit. God has given us this life, so now it's up to us to live it. Amen? All right. Romans, now continuing in Romans, but now down to chapter 15. We then, who are strong, ought to bear the scruples of the weak. I'm going to pause here to give you just a little bit of context. Maybe it's been a little while since you've been in Romans. We're talking about what, what the Apostle's talking about now. There, there are Christians who are concerned with eating meat. Should I only eat vegetables? If I eat meat, then you know, maybe it's been sacrificed to an idol, so I'm never going to touch meat again. Or some of the old, you know, some of the Jewish law that they're trying to bring into the, uh, Christianity. And so the Apostle Paul is basically he's telling them, listen, don't look down upon those who maybe don't, have not experienced the same liberty you have in Christ yet. If they're concerned because they don't want to eat meat because it might have been sacrificed to an idol, maybe they haven't gotten to that place yet. But don't look down upon them. Just work with them. Just help them. In fact, Paul says, if my eating of meat offends somebody, another brother, I'm just not going to do it in front of them. I don't want to be a stumbling block to them. So this is what he's saying. You know, when those who are strong, we who are strong ought to bear the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. I'm not going to go ahead and look down my nose on someone who maybe not be a little bit more, has not experienced that same walk of freedom. Listen, there are, I, I, I'm Pentecostal. You guys know that? I mean, I speak in tongues. I, you know, God has blessed me with, but I'm not ever going to look down my face at someone who maybe hasn't had that same experience yet. Now, some of us are super spiritual, more spiritual than me, I guess. And, and so then when we have these experiences, we want to go ahead and make sure that we tell me about it so that I can go ahead and maybe you know, feel better or you, you feel better or you're bragging about. That's, that, that's totally against what this is saying. Totally against it. 
No, we, we should build each other up. Not try to build ourselves up, comparing ourselves to one another. Said, I feel a little bit better. You know, I, I speak in tongues. They don't. I, I must be a little bit more holier. No. 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 Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You believe in Jesus? Listen, you're born again? I'm not talking about you made a confession. I'm saying you're born again. I'm born again. We're brothers and sisters in the Lord. Our job is to edify each other, to build each other up, not to bring each other down. Amen? Hallelujah. That's, this says it very plainly. This is not Tony's word. It says it very plainly in there, doesn't it? For even Christ did not please himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience or through the... See, I, don't, I struggle with this patience thing, but I'm just going to go ahead and read it anyway. That we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. There's hope. There's hope. I want you to know there's hope. No matter where you are today, there's hope. Even for that spouse. <laughs> Or ex-spouse, as it were. <laughs> no, even for your children who may be in rebellion right now, even for whoever, it's just that person that you have so much invested in or that you love so much, and they just, it, just, it just doesn't seem to be working right. There's hope. Even for you, you know what? I just keep making the same mistake. Lord, I, just when I think that I've totally forgiven, you know, there that heifer comes again. No. No, there's hope. There's hope. There's hope. Amen? But look what it says. Through patience and comfort of the Scriptures. Patience and comfort of the Scriptures that you might have hope. I need to look at Scriptures once in a while. I need to consider what thus saith the Lord. I, without it, I have no hope. Amen? So now look, I go back. I might have hope through this. Now let's look at uh, verse 13. We're going to jump down to verse 13 of Romans 15. Now may the God of hope. You see that? Now again, these underlines and these uh, bold, that's not going to be in your Bible. I'm not taking great latitude, but that's for the point that we're trying to make today. Amen? Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may be abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, so, man, our joy and our peace are directly connected with what? Hope. I said it because I didn't want you to mess it up. <laughs> our joy and our peace are directly connected, it, it appears, by this, with our hope. See, if I don't have any hope, how can I be joyful? You know, I may have a moment of happiness here and there. I do something that pleases the flesh or I may hear something or someone may give me a good pat on the back. I may receive a gift and I may feel good for a moment. But if I truly, at the end, of, I have no hope, how can I have sincere joy? How can I have real, the peace that God offers? This, how, this peace that passes understanding. How can I have it without hope? So they're, they're, they're connected. But you see, how, how is that achieved? In believing. In believing. In believing. Believing what? What he said. What he said. What he promised me. Amen? Hallelujah. And, what else? Read it. Power of the Holy Spirit. See, listen. The, the, again, so now those two are connected. 
It's not just that I have this intellectual decision, this, 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 I've made this on an intellectual level, or I had this kind of feeling that, you know, God is, you know, I've heard what Pastor Tony said, God is not a, a man that he should lie, and, and so he promised me this, so I'm hanging on. I'm, you know, I, I got, no. To truly believe it, to truly get it down on the inside of you, where that word is spirit, and that word is life. It's alive in you. It's not just something that's kind of you're hoping for somewhere out there. You know that you know that you know. That's why some people say, you know, are you saved? Yes, I'm saved. I'm absolutely saved. How do you know that? Jesus is in my heart. Listen, I, well, I, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out. How in the world can you live your life that way? I've heard people say that who claim Christianity. I, I, well, we'll see. Then you don't understand what this says. I, I, come on now. I'm not saying that there's nothing left for me to do. I've got to walk in the Spirit. No question about that. But I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, I am born again. I am saved. I have that blessed hope. I'm going to see Him face to face. No matter how much I get to know now, no matter how much knowledge, no matter how much of His Spirit that He deposits in me right now, it doesn't matter because I'm not going to get that full, sure enough, that blessed hope, I'm going to get to see him face to face. Hallelujah. So no matter how good or how bad it gets down here, at least I got that going for me. All this in a bag of chips, baby. Hallelujah. I get to see him face to face. That's this, 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 man, I am, God has blessed me. And even when things are going bad, and God has taught me a lesson, even with this air conditioning. I have a neighbor who's also a pastor. And so he stops me. I, I tell you this, he just calls me Anthony all the time. I don't know why he just calls me. Anthony, yeah. Hey, your air conditioner's out. You have an air conditioner problem? Yeah. Well, man. So we start to talking, and I tell him, and, I, and then I just told him, man, the Lord has really zapped one on me. I said, because, you know, I got to the point where, you know, I'm taking all of these things for granted, and now I'm living without air conditioning, and I, and I, I you know, th that's wrong. And there are, we have brothers and sisters living all over this globe without air conditioning, suffering in heat. But then, let's put this in perspective. We have brothers and sisters all over this globe that are suffering greater things than that because they refuse to renounce Christ. They're having to see their children starve. They're having to see their children tortured. And here I am going to complain because I don't have no air conditioning. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And I have this hope for even a greater eternity. This is awesome. God is awesome. So now remember, in the last two messages before I took that... Sunday off, uh, what, what are you willing to do? Remember that message? What are you willing to do? What are you willing to believe? What about when you don't feel it? What about when you don't feel it? What are you willing to do? What are you willing to believe? What about, you know, when you don't feel it? You don't feel the peace. You don't feel the joy. No hope. Things are going wrong. Just, it's just like, the only hope that you have is Jesus come quickly. What about that? What about in those times? Then what are you willing to do? Then what are you willing to believe? When you're right in the middle of that, and it's all you really are hoping for is that Jesus split the sky right now. I want to go home. Anybody ever get there? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have been. I'm human. It's happened. 
when things don't look good or the stress is pressing you from every side, nothing's going right no matter what you do, what are you willing to believe? What are you willing to do under those circumstances? We're going to go to, you don't, don't turn there, just check this out later in a story that you're very familiar with in Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. I won't read it. Uh, we'll, we'll just share, share some of the scriptures. But in this situation, Jesus went down to Capernaum. He was preaching and teaching and healing the sick and, and casting out demons. And, you know, he spent uh, time in their synagogues and, and going through this and, and just spending time with the people. And the people were, you know, began to throng him and everything. He became a little bit more famous in that area. Um, he spent some time at uh, Peter's house. He had already met Peter uh, through uh, Andrew and um, John, remember? Uh, and so then um, one, night, one day he was over at Peter's house, I guess maybe after church service, they invited him over to eat. And Peter's mother-in-law, if you'll remember, was ill. She had a fever. And Jesus prayed for her. She immediately recovered and began to cook the meal. I guess, you know, Jesus was hungry. He said, you got to get on the meal. No, but, but, but you see, Peter had firsthand experience with Jesus at least he had already met Jesus there's no doubt that he probably already heard him preach he was introduced to Jesus by his brother and by his business partner John and so he already had experience with him he already had him to his house so now <clears throat> Jesus is getting ready to leave town he's got to go and he, they're begging him to stay they, they're pressing in on him they want him to stay he says now I have to preach this gospel in other cities and as he goes off uh, it says into the kind of the deserted place he goes out of town uh, the people are pressing him so now the people are pressing him. So what Jesus does is he, uh, he gets into a boat. There's a bunch of fishermen. The fishermen are cleaning their nets and, and cleaning up. And, and they had been out all night. And, and so Jesus gets into one of the boats and he sits down and he begins to teach them. And, you know, just by coincidence, it happens to be Simon Peter's boat. Coincidence? Nah. So Jesus begins to preach and teach and he's, there's no question. I mean, the crowd has to, has to have been big. He's sitting in a boat at the edge of the lake. And so then he finished preaches and teaches. And then look at what it says in Luke 5, 4 and 5. When he had stopped speaking, he had said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. I, I, I want to... I really look at this, and I, I, we've studied it together before, and I know some of you, many of you have knowledge of this yourselves. You've veterans in the faith. You've read this before. But, man, when I read it this time and I look at Peter, and I'm thinking uh, in this context, Peter was out all night long fishing. They've caught nothing. Now, this isn't just a, a hobby, for Peter and his uh, fellow businessmen, this isn't just uh, they're 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 a little on uh, they're taking a little fishing trip. They're kind of breaking the monotony. They're doing a little. Re this isn't recreational. This is his business. This is how he feeds his family. This is how he pays his bills. So he's out there all night long, fishing, working. It's not fishing like us, go on a party boat. You know, the first mate is baiting the hook for you and all that. No, this is not that. This is work. They're working all night long. 
And so you're working all night long, and now you're cleaning up, probably mending your nets and, and cleaning your nets, cleaning off your boat and all that, probably looking forward to going home so you can get a little bit of sleep, disappointed because now you don't have any fish to sell. Come on now. Are you feeling me? Is this tracking with you? You don't have any fish to sell. You just spent how many hours working, and now you're cleaning up, getting ready to go home so that you can rest a little bit, scrape up something to give the wife and kids, and now, and now this preacher decides he's going to get in your boat, and now you've got to wait for him to finish whatever it is that he's doing. He, you didn't invite him in the boat. No, no, come on now. You didn't invite him in the boat. You're just, all you know is you've been working all night long. You're tired. You're frustrated because you didn't catch anything. You know that you've got bills. The car payment, the chariot payment is due, baby. So now, this preacher gets in your boat, and now you're stuck. Now what do you do? All right, man, hope this isn't a long one. Hope he doesn't preach like Pastor Tony. Hope this isn't a long one. Hope he doesn't get long-winded. Don't look at the clock. you still got plenty of time. Lock the door. No, you said. So he pre Jesus preaches. And Peter, to his credit, he's, I, I, I imagine he's finished cleaning his nets. He wants to be still. He can't go ahead and be doing the activity, so he has to get done whatever he's got done and then just sit there and listen. Amen? Because I'm sure he's not going to want to be a distraction. And so Jesus gets done and says, okay, let's go back out there. <laughs> what? 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 That's not how you do it, preacher. That's not how you... I grew up on this lake. This is my business. This is what I do. You stick to preaching. That's what you do. This is what I do. We were out all night long, Jesus. They're not there. No, go back out there. Let's go back out. Let's go, let's go back out there for a catch. We ain't going to catch nothing. Tony, would you put that scripture back up there for me, please? Master, he's addressing him with respect. Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, look at that. At your word. Because you said so. Come on. Is, come on now. Because you said so. We'll do it. Hallelujah. Man, that gives me a chill bump up the back. As hot as it is in this room, I just got a chill bump up the back of my... It must be the Holy Spirit. No, it just feels good saying it. Feels good knowing it. Feels good believing it. Listen, my brothers and sisters, listen. Just because you said so, Jesus, I'm going to do it. Hallelujah. Just because you said so. Goes against everything that I know. Everything that I've ever done. Every experience that I've ever had since I've been knee-high to a goat. But I'll do it because you said so. I know I'm wasting my time. I sure want to go home. And I don't want to, I, I, I know my wife, when I go home, I know she's going to say, how many we catch? I'm going to have to tell her the bad news. I just want to get this over with. 
Let me ask y'all something. Think about this. Think about how much effort, how much, the stress, the pressure, the things that you go through. Be in that situation. I will tell you, Michelle and I, uh, a while back, we had a little old pontoon boat. And <clears throat> we'd go out. We had a good, we had a blast with the family and all that. We'd go out you know, you know, on Saturdays or whatever and, and then, you know, meet the kids. We'd go out for a little while and then we'd meet the kids at the dock. They'd all jump on with their kids and we'd go out and we'd have fun, fish and play and blah, blah, blah. Then at the end of the day, we had to go back to the dock put it on the trailer, because I, I don't live near the water, so I got to drive it down there. The Yoda, I had the little Toyota, that, that little Yoda out there, I was pulling that boat back and forth, put it on the darn trailer, drive back to the house, and then I commenced to cleaning it. I hated that. <laughs> because I just spent all day out there having fun and all that, and now the day isn't over. Now I, and, and man, I hated that. And so listen, Am I saying, well, I'm like Peter? No, what I'm saying is in my own little way, I understand something here. I dreaded that. As much fun as I had on it, by the time I got back home and then my day isn't over, it's dark and I'm out there now cleaning this darn boat and I can't wait for it to be over with. You know what I mean? If my neighbor was to come out and talk to me right then, I might squirt him with the hose. No, I'm just saying. No, but, but you understand what I'm saying? It's, it's, I just want, to, I want it to be done. I want it to be over. I want to go in the house and relax a little bit now. Look at all of the things. Would you, let me ask you something. So now, Peter, would you have even let Jesus on your boat? Would you even let him on your boat? I know some of you, yeah, of course, of course it's Jesus. Mm-hmm. Remember you thought that. So now let's jump down to Luke 9, 11. They go out there and they catch a bunch of fish. They catch so many fish that it's tearing the nets. And so here's what happens. Verse 9. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, these the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. Let me, let me pause here just for a moment. Do not be afraid. Why would he be afraid? He just saw something that absolutely blew his mind. Something that defied all logic, all of his experience. This is something that astonished all of these seasoned, all of these experienced fishermen who grew up on this Sea of Galilee, who grew up on this big lake. They, it just blew their minds. This, this can't happen. This can't happen. And so now they're what? Don't be afraid. I love that. Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook everything. They forsook all and followed him. Hallelujah. But you know what I really love? When Peter saw all of that, he was the one who got on his knees in front of Jesus and said, get away from me because I'm a sinful man. Why? Just because he had a load of fish? No, because he knew something supernatural just happened. Something supernatural just happened. Something that cannot be explained by nature. Something that cannot, there's no way. That can't happen. Don't be afraid. 
Don't be afraid. But it brought him to this place where he recognizes the supernatural. They experienced something that they couldn't explain. In fact, it's no way that it should have happened. Peter had already witnessed some supernatural things. They've already heard some things that Jesus did, right? Hey, remember, stay with me. Some of you don't, stay with me. It's, it's still good. I, I promise you, it's still good. Remember, Peter's mother-in-law, he already saw her get healed instantly, right? There's no question because remember how this starts. Jesus was in Capernaum. He was, he was preaching and teaching, casting out demons, healing the sick. The reason why he ended up in Peter's boat in the first place was because he was doing all of these signs and wonders and preaching such a message and had spoke with such authority that the people were pressing him. They didn't want him to leave because of all of the supernatural things that were going on and on top of the, the word that he spoke with such authority, backed up by these signs, wonders, and miracles, backed up by the supernatural. So they had experience. They, they know that Jesus, there's something different about this man. They know that. They've already heard and seen some, but not like this. Not like this. This is real personal. This is real intimate. Are you, are, are you getting that? This is real personal. This is real intimate. This isn't, I saw him do this to somebody else. This isn't, I heard about this. This is right now, right here, right in front of me. Something tangible, something that I understand. Something that hits me square between my eyes and in my heart specifically. Hallelujah. We, I want to, I've been praying about it since 2012, the revival, the, the, something, but praying for supernatural things to happen among us. And we've had them. I mean, we've had healings and we've had things happen. We've had people born again. That's supernatural. We've had these things happen. But no, I'm talking about like then. I'm talking about like in the first church. There's no reason why that doesn't happen these days, except us. We're praying for the supernatural. I'm, I'm believing for the supernatural. I'm trusting. But listen, isn't our hope supernatural? Aren't we hoping in the supernatural? Aren't I hoping to live an everlasting life with Jesus? That's supernatural in and of itself. I, I, right? Our hope is, has everything to do with the supernatural. But we won't even let Jesus on the boat. See? We don't let Jesus on our boat. We don't. How much time do you spend reading and praying? How much time do you spend on the internet, doing whatever, social media, watching TV, going to movies, watching movies? How much time? It's a little bit quiet. But see, this is, this, this, well, Tony, that, that's great latitude. That doesn't mean the same thing. It absolutely does. It absolutely does. Am I willing to let Jesus on my boat? If I want to experience the supernatural Jesus, if I want Jesus to do something, something that's tangible, something that I understand, not something over there that I can witness, but something that I can, listen, something that I can experience myself. I want to tell you honestly, if you don't experience Jesus 
in a real way, you need to check your salvation. If you don't experience Jesus in a real way, my brothers and sisters, get back in the prayer closet. Our salvation, what happens to us is not natural. It's supernatural. When you're born again, you're born again, not by the natural, but supernatural. I expect, I long for, my hope is in the supernatural. I need to have a supernatural experience with Jesus Christ. So let me ask you, how much are you reading? How much are you praying? Uh, let me ask you this. See, now remember, what are you willing to believe and what are you willing to do? Now that you, but Tony, you don't understand. I'm raising kids. I got two jobs. Uh, I got a husband. I got this. I got that. Whatever it is that you have, I know, man. Believe me, I know. I know. It's tough. I've got school. I've got to prepare for the next step in schooling. I've got this. I've got that. Uh, you know, I, there's so many things going on. Relationships. I, all of these things going on. And because we have all of these things going on, we miss it. We miss this thing that Jesus, Jesus wants on our boat. But we are too busy. We don't even recognize the fact that he wants on the boat. So we miss out. And, it's, and he's not punishing us. He's not turning his back on us. He's not walking away from us. He just needs us to park the boat and let him get in. Hallelujah. Take some time. Read and pray. And don't just say, I got to read because Tony said so, so I'm going to read my allotted chapter, and that's it. No. Listen, it doesn't matter whether you read chapter, verses, or whatever it is that you're reading. Spend time with him. Spend time with Him. So when you get that word, ask Him, bless me, Lord. I want to experience you in a real way. I don't want this just to be words on a page. I want this to be spirit and life. God, do the supernatural in me. Hallelujah. Listen, are, are you willing to let Him interrupt your plans? Come on now. Are you willing to let Him interrupt your plans? You know, if you had a, a, a something planned and somebody needed your help, would you drop your plans to go? I know this. You better not get in the way of a homeless person and Christina. You might get run over. Michael and Christina, they ran into somebody or whatever it was, and next thing you know, you know they're blessing them. They're, they're, try, they're stopping what they're doing and they're blessing them. So, so listen, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to interrupt your plans because Jesus needs you, he, he, needs, he needs your boat. Are you willing to lend Jesus your boat so that he can speak to somebody? Are, are, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to interrupt whatever it is? Are you willing, listen, are you willing to go ahead and turn off your uh, computer for a little while so that you can spend some time with those kids who are on their computer and you're trying to keep them off of it while they're seeing you on yours? Can you do that? Come on. Is that too inconvenient? Are you willing to do it? Are you, you know it. Are you willing to do it? Listen, are you willing to be totally inconvenienced? Totally taken out of your way? So-and-so needs a ride, but that's an hour past where I live. I'm going to give him a ride. 
Are you, total, are you willing to be totally inconvenienced? Jesus needs your boat. Are you going to let him in? Jesus needs your boat. He's got to talk to somebody. Are you, man, I've already given so much to this organization. I've already given so much to these people. And now here they come asking for more. Are you willing to go that extra mile? He said that you should. He said it. And many of you confess it. You believe it. But are you willing to do it? Even, my brothers and sisters, when you're so dog-tired, you can't even see straight. The kids are acting a fool. The spouse is giving you a hard time. Or your, your business isn't dope. Things aren't going just right in your business. The job, things are just... And I know about this stuff, y'all. I'm not just saying stuff, you know, just for the heck of saying it. I know what I'm saying. Things aren't working out on the job. Things aren't working out in the home. And now here you have, Jesus is, needs to get on your boat because he needs something. He needs, there's somebody that needs to hear his word and he needs your boat to do it. Are you willing to do it right now even though you're under the gun? Things aren't right. I got no time. I've got this do, that do, the other thing do. Are you willing, listen, to go and do something that defies all logic? It goes against everything that you physically know. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to? See, we want the supernatural, but we're not willing to take the step. Right? We're, we're not, we, we want the supernatural, but we want that to happen, so then we'll go ahead and react to that. Jesus, show me first, and then I'll do this. No. No, 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 no. Listen, the word was this to Peter. Jesus, if that's you, let me come. Come on. Listen, Jesus didn't go to the boat. The different story of Peter, by the way, I understand this. Jesus didn't go to the boat, grab Peter by the hand, say, come on, let's go, we're walking. He, did he do that? Come on, let's go, we're walking. Did he do that? No. No. What happened? Pay attention. Come on. Come on. Thank you, honey. I didn't mean to embarrass you. She's so red right now. But, but you, I, but, no, listen, but you understand. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to embarrass you. But, but, that's, but that's what happens when you sit in the front row. Sorry. <laughs> no, but, but do you understand? Do you understand the difference? Jesus didn't go to Peter and say, okay, come on, let's go. Peter had to take the step. He had to, see, what are you waiting for? You, are you willing to go ahead and defy everything that you know? Every, these guys, they, it, Peter's just said, okay, at your word. See, my brother and sister, sometimes you just got to do it because he said so. Amen. You just got to do it because he said so, and he's your God, and you trust him, and you believe him, and that's it. Lord, this makes absolutely no sense. Pray for somebody that hates me. <laughs> help somebody who would never help me, who wouldn't spit on me if I was on fire. And you want me to help what? Come on. Something that goes against my whole, my family tradition is this, but this is saying, God says that, later for that. My brothers and sisters, what are you willing to do? What are you willing to believe and trust God with when it costs you? When it defies everything that's in you? 
when it makes no sense at all. It made no sense to these men to go back out there. But something supernatural happened, and they were changed forever. My brothers and sisters, listen, take this home with you. We have hope, but our hope is based on the righteousness that, that we have in him. And if we can experience and we know that we have this hope, we can be joyful and have peace while we're waiting for the fullness. Are, are you with me? We can have, you can live, see so many Christians, so many people that I know that, began, that, that profess to be born again, they're miserable. It, well, well, there's a lot of bad things happening in their lives, Tony. Of course, of course, yeah, I, I understand that. I'm not seeing some things that I've been praying for, for for a long time. And my heart goes out to your kids, for my kids, my grandkids. My, oh, it's constant. But I'm going to trust him. It doesn't make sense, God. It do, where there, there's the situations that I see some of these people in, it doesn't make sense that they're going to be born again. It doesn't make sense, Lord. It looks like there's no way that they could possibly become young men and young women after your heart. But God... You promised me. I have hope in you. You Supernaturally, this can happen. This can't happen with the public education. This can't happen even with the private education. This can't happen with just the church. There has to be a supernatural something to happen. And Lord, you got that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you trust him when it makes absolutely no sense? Hallelujah. Give it to him. Hallelujah. He's totally trustworthy. I'm going to end with Hebrews 6. You can, I'm going to read part of it. You're going to see part of it, but just write it down. Check me out. Thus God, verse 17, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel. That means it can't be changed. That his counsel can't be changed. He confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things or two things that can never change in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. You have hope. God has promised it to you and he will not lie. It can never change. He swore by himself and you can rest assuredly. So now you have hope. Be joyful. Have some peace in your life. Even when things are crumbling around you, you have hope. Why? God promised you something and he will never change and he'll never go back on his word. He swore by his own righteousness. Hallelujah. Verse 19, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus. Having become high priest, how long? Forever. Forever. After the order of Melchizedek, he is, my brothers and sisters, we have hope. You should be joyful. I know that it's tough. I know that people are stink on ice. I know it. You know how I know it? Now I know? Because I'm one of them. That's how I know. I know people will let you down. And I know it hurts when 
those people who are closest to you let you down. I know that. I have the experience. I know that. But I know also, my brothers and sisters, I've let some people down in my lifetime. I'm going to preach over here for a little while. I was on a roll too. No. Think about that. But here's, look, 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 look. But even though I stink on ice, even though I've let some people down in my lifetime, the blood of Jesus has washed all of that away. Right? And now I'm living in Him. I'm living in the Holy Spirit. I'm walking by the Holy Spirit. It's His strength. It's Him. Right? It's grace. It's grace. It's, it's what He's placed inside of me. It's His grace inside of me coming outside. Right? Now, look, I got to keep going. I got to take it to the next step. I can't, let, I can't be discouraged. I can't let those people get me down. I can't let my, the air conditioner, you know, keep me from... No, I, no, this problem, that problem, the job, uh, the bills. I, uh, no, no, no. Jesus, you want in? Come on in. Hallelujah. 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 He has set you free. You have joy. You have peace. Hallelujah. Stand with me, please, before I keep preaching. I'm fired up. Hallelujah, I'm so fired up. Listen, I'm going to do this. Who wants to come pray with me? Let's pray together. Let's pray. We all get joy. Come on. If you want to pray, you want to get joy, and you want to get some peace, let's pray. If, hey, folks that need a seat, there's seats in front. Come on, let's pray. Come on.